It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Tell a Lie Day. Tony, you want to tell a lie to our viewers? Tony Kornheiser, our viewers, I have too much respect for them. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying about that. Not a way to build a relationship with the viewer. You know what I'm saying? Not, not. They know us for a long time. They know you have contempt for them, and they know that I'm on their side. I think that's been the dynamic for all these years, don't you think? Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Saudi tour tries to make its mark at the Masters. Victor Wembanyama goes ham. What does that mean? Ham. And Scott Van Pelt joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with Connecticut again getting a double-digit win in the NCAA tournament, this time by 17 points over San Diego State to win the national championship. Connecticut won its six tournament games by a total of 120 points. That is a dominating run. Wilbon, what does UConn's title mean for the school and the Big East's focus on basketball? Yeah, Tony, for me, it's the school first and foremost. Nobody even knows who's in what conference anymore, by and large. I mean, do people know that Marquette's in the Big East? No, no, they actually really don't. It means everything to the school, because when they put that graphic up there last night that had UConn right beside Duke and Indiana, I mean, seriously, 25 years ago, you wouldn't have said that. I mean, you could start saying it because Jim Calhoun had some terrific teams, and yes, they were the centerpiece then of the Big East when conference affiliation really, really, truly mattered. And so, Tony, for UConn to be up there, and we all, we all said, well, there are no blue bloods in this thing this year. Yeah, there were. UConn's one of them. And they were even that with four. And so certainly with a fifth championship since, what, 1999, I guess? A fifth championship in that time. UConn's among them. I don't know who – yeah, I do because I covered the Big East. I covered the Big East, and you were there at the inception of the Big East. And we sat with Dave Gavitt, and we were obsessed over this new conference that introduced basketball really and truly to this network. But it means everything to the school. I don't know about the conference. I'm not going to draw a straight line from the Big East to winning the national championship. I understand they're a basketball conference – And I understand almost every other big conference is a football conference because that's where the money is. But if you are then saying to me that they have some sort of cultural advantage over other schools, I'm going to say no. They have no advantage over Duke or Michigan State or Kansas or whoever else you want to list in there as as basketball schools. And if you're going to try to make the case to me that football schools don't care about basketball and don't play it well, I'm going to say to you, this year, Alabama, a football school was the number one seed in Miami. A football school was in a Final Four. So I'm not, I'm not buying that. But I'm going right. to go to the school, to Connecticut. Just like you, I'm sort of stunned at their last 25 years because they are blue bloods, and I didn't realize it, Mike. And not only that, and I'll take advantage of what you said about both of us in the Big East. When the Big East started... The Big East was Syracuse and Georgetown over Connecticut. 
St. John's was over Connecticut. Villanova here and there was over Connecticut. Providence here and there was Providence. over Connecticut. Yeah. So yeah. this has come like a freight train in the it last has. 25 years with three different coaches, with Calhoun and Ollie and now Hurley. So yeah. I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, and I was wrong on this. I was wrong. Three successive coaches. That's just, just amazing. Talk about a program. I don't want to hear anybody say five championships in 25 years is a dynasty because that'll be the next dumb no. thing that's no. out there. UCLA it's is a, a hell dynasty. of a program, man. Yeah. It really is. UCLA is a dynasty Let's, and the rest of you. Yes, stop. UCLA yeah. is a dynasty. That's right. Yeah. Let's move to the Masters, which is bumping us off the air for the rest of the week. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo reports that Saudi Tour players will not be wearing the Live Tour logo, but plan to wear their team logos on their shirts during the tournament. So prepare yourself to see names like Crushers and Fireballs, whatever that means. Tony, are you okay with Saudi Tour players wearing those team outfits at the Masters? And should Augusta be okay with that? I'm completely okay with what they want to wear. There aren't a thousand people in the United States of America that know who these teams are or care. I mean, golfers, their shirts, their hats, their bags are festooned with advertising all the time. Everybody's got a piece of their shirt here and there. So, I'm, you know, I, if you haven't cracked down on it by now and it looks like NASCAR, why would you crack yeah. down on it now? Now, Mike, I don't presume to tell the Masters what to do, but you and I both will agree on this, that their logo is the most important and most famous logo in all of golf, and that is the pin flag coming out of northern Georgia. Everybody knows what that is. So I think the Masters is unlikely to crack down on marketing opportunities for, for somebody else. I look at the Masters right now, and for me it is right now a morality play because we haven't put the peg in the ground yet. It is can the Saudi Tour golfers do well enough in this yeah. so that they force something sort of like a merger, or will they be beaten to such a degree that people will say, you know what, if you go there, you're not a competitive golfer anymore because you're only going 54 and you got guaranteed money. That's, to me, that's how it starts out before we start playing. If Augusta National even pays attention to the Saudi tour, this would be the classic definition of beefing down. I mean, they should look and go, Saudi tour, what are you guys doing again? Where are you? Well, I'm sorry. We're not paying attention. They don't need to pay attention. It's Augusta National. It's the Masters. I mean, you, that, that is so much larger than anything the Saudi tour can do. Maybe in 50 years, you and I can be, you know, popped back out of the heavens, and we can say, oh, that Saudi tour thing became much bigger than we thought. But in terms of rivaling the Masters and Augusta, no, they shouldn't be paying attention. So it doesn't make any difference to me. It shouldn't make any difference to them. Let's see some golf. That's all I care yeah. about this weekend. Let's see some golf. I would tell you this. I think I'd like to be a fly on the wall at the Champions Dinner to see if there's any tension. Just to see. I don't know that there would be. We move on. Perhaps you've seen the recent Victor Wembanyama highlight where he misses a long three, charges in for the rebound, slams it through the hoop one-handed. This highlight apparently so moved one Western Conference executive to say, and I'm quoting here, we're going to all regret not tanking every game to get this dude. Dude. Unquote. Wilbon, is the highlight that convincing to you? No. If, if, if that's what you need to convince you, 
then you're dope and you haven't been paying attention since last year, since last spring. You haven't been paying attention. It's his game. It's his talent. I mean, that's what it is. It's not some highlight, but we are now governed by highlights. I don't know how old this one Western Conference executive is, but it sounds like listening to the conversation in the backseat of my SUV when I'm driving 14 <laughs> and 15-year-olds around because they don't even want to watch the games. All they do is watch the highlights. They highlights. watch the clips. Highlights. This guy should be bigger than that. He can get the actual games beamed into his office or onto his phone to watch more than the clips of Mr. Wimbanyama. Yeah, so as you know, I'm not a TikTok guy and I'm not a YouTube guy. I saw this clip, it's really nice, but I've seen clips of cats playing the piano and singing, so I don't really know where to rate it. Um, here's the deal. The, the reasonable response to watching this clip is this. Well, let's see him do it when Antetokounmpo's on the court and then we'll have something to talk about. And if you yeah. want to tank, Tanking's stupid because the best chance you have to get that pick is 14%, which means it's an 86% chance against you. So I don't know that that works. And to your point about this Western Conference executive, whoever he is, what exactly is his authority? Is he a GM or is he a man who sells potions in a traveling show? I mean, I don't know who he is. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, do we think Webmanyana can be great? Yeah, but you know what, Mike? In the old NBA... When you put a body on somebody, Wembenyama might not be that great starting out. Yeah, but you can't put a body on him. Because if I was going to pick a body, I would say either, oh, let's see, Maurice Lucas or Rick Mahorn. I'd put that yeah. body or Charles Oakley on him. But you can't put a body yeah. on him, Tone. I will say this in favor of one thing the Western Conference executive said. I would have tanked for him. I would. Because he appears to be that kind of once every other generational player. I was hoping the Bulls would tank because to get in a play-in and lose to Toronto where they'll still be in the lottery, I guess, at that point, I tank for them. But most teams are not. And I said this going back to October, Tony. Most teams are not tanking for him. They want to get in the play-in, and that's where most will be. Thank God we had a Chicago Bulls mention. People can drink now. Let's take a break. Coming up, we're going to ask Scott Van Pelt about the vibe between the players on the Saudi Tour and the PGA Tour down in Augusta at the Masters. We'll also ask him how Tiger Woods is looking and who he, Scott, not Tiger, favors to win. You know, Tiger, not Tiger, Scotty used to be on the Golf Channel. He comes yeah. by this honestly. He knows yeah. about golf. Weddings are all about the bride and groom, but they're a chance to look your best, too. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though they start at just $499. It's easier than ever to be impeccably dressed with Indochino, so order your custom suits now and be ready for wedding season. Design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, and more. That's right, it's bespoke without the premium price tag. Suits start at just $499 and fitted shirts at $89. To make life even easier, you can set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. But if you prefer a premium in-person experience, just book an appointment at a showroom near you and let an Indochino style guide walk you through every step. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. 
Go to Indochino.com today and use code PTI to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code PTI. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. The Masters tees off on Thursday morning. It's a perfect time to bring in our great friend from Augusta, Mr. Scott Van Pelt. Scott, so let's start with this. Wilbon and I are newspaper guys. So when we go to events, we are always looking for the column. It seems to me the column is if there's any tension between the Saudi tour guys and the PGA tour guys. You're down there. Do you get any sense of what that relationship is right now? I think, Tony, that largely that fire is fueled by the oxygen of column writers at this point. I don't (laughs) sense that that's a real issue at all between these players. To that point, Rory McIlroy and Brooks Koepka out practice round on on Tuesday afternoon. Now, I think much like any workplace dynamic, there are players that don't like one another, but I don't think that's necessarily new to which tours they're playing on. I, I understand it's an undeniable angle, and it's the first opportunity we've seen for these guys to compete on the major championship stage. But I, I believe the, the column this week is that McElroy, Scheffler, and Rahm all arrive with real expectations to win, which what would it represent to them? I think Low Man at Augusta is the storyline that's the column, not Live versus PGA Tour. Scott, I'm so glad to hear that answer because I'm watching the coverage, reading and listening to coverage from everywhere, and I was wondering, okay, is there a golf tournament actually being played there, or is this <laughs> – this perceived feud bigger than the golf. If we skip to the golf, what's what's what what do we, I mean? What's what's being talked about there on the ground? The Masters, the excitement about this first round of the Masters tournament, the first major championship round of the year, the fact that so many different players, top players, arrive having one. Look, if you want a live angle, and I happen to find this one really interesting, Brooks Kepka won his most recent event. This is a guy who's won four, count him, four major championships. He's been a runner-up on this golf course, and he's healthy. I happen to think he's a very interesting storyline, but it's as it relates to the Masters, not which tour he's affiliated with. So I think it's a resounding yes. Honestly, Michael, here I get zero sense. I mean, you walk around amongst the patrons. There are thousands of people. No one's said a word to me, not a single word. Hey, Scott, how about live? Nothing. They want to know who's going to win. I bet people have said, Scott, how about Tiger? And so we go there quite naturally. I mean, how does he look? I'm looking at him thinking "Uh, that's a a, a noticeable limp. And then I'm like, well, stop it. Maybe it's not a noticeable limp. What's the word on his health? Uh, And just the buzz around Tiger Woods as we go into this. 
As you know, Michael, he's one of one. He's that singular player who, if, if he were to birdie two or three in a row, would be enough to entice you to the edge of your seat to wonder, maybe, right? And as Rory McIlroy, who played practice rounds with him, said, he's got all the shots. Then Tiger came in for his presser and said the same. Look, I can hit every shot. The question is, how can I get up and down and how can I get around this golf course? And that is a question that, is, that we don't know the answer to and I'm afraid will be impacted by weather, which sounds like it might be really ugly. I mean, we're talking about potentially going from the 90s on Wednesday to the low to mid-50s and a bunch of rain on Saturday. So how does that impact the golf course and the tournament? Well, that will impact everybody, but it might impact Tiger's ability to get up and down and around more so than anybody. So I'm afraid that could be the one uh, caveat as it relates to his chances. Thank God you mentioned weather because Wilbon and I are so old that we are obsessed with weather and we wanted to know about the weather. So now yeah. we can move on and I'll get you out of here on this. This is something that's expected of you. Are there one or two or three or four people where you say, I think they can win by the end of Sunday? I think they can win. Well, the three I mentioned earlier that I think are the, t the biggest talking points, the, the, the Rory, uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, and John Rahm trio, I mean, there's like a prop, would you take them or the field? I'd always say give me the field just because that means I get everybody else and there are plenty who could still win. I think Xander Shoffley's a player who could win. I think uh, Jordan Spieth, his imagination around here, the fact that he's won here, uh, the fact that, that weather could be part of it, I think might eliminate some. But absolutely, look, I think there are 25, 30 players who could win. I understand if you want to take the top three in the world and take your chances, I'd still take the field because that gives me uh, some of the players that I just mentioned. And, um, you know, it, it, won't be, it won't be a name from out of left field because you're already talking about the smallest field of any major championship, and there are far too many excellent players playing well. I said Xander. Uh, it, I can pick him out of a hat, and, and I, ought to, I ought to play the Powerball, but, I mean, I'll take my shot with him. <laughs> Thank you, Scott, and enjoy yourself down Scott, there. Thank appreciate you. it. Love you, miss you. Coverage of the Masters on ESPN begins tomorrow with the Par 3 tournament at noon Eastern on ESPN+. Let's take one last break. Still to come is Bill Belichick looking to trade Mac Jones. Steph Curry reveals, Tony who he would vote for as the league MVP, and it is going I to told you annoy this yesterday. you to no end. I told you this yesterday. He you said he did. would pick MB. I just want to rub we... it in. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Happy time, people. Happy 72nd birthday, John Hanna. Hanna was the greatest player in the history of the New England Patriots until Tom Brady came along. Hanna was the fourth overall pick out of Alabama in 1973. A 10-time All-Pro at left guard, seven times first-team All-Pro. Played 13 years with the Patriots and was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1991. Hanna played in one Super Bowl. Unfortunately for him, it was against the Super Bowl Shuffle Bears in 1986. Hanna is now a cattle rancher in Alabama was recently quoted saying, I'd have given my left arm to play when the owner was Bob Kraft, unquote. Would've been all pro with one arm. Tony, January 20, 1986. That afternoon, I'm taking Richard Dent, I'm taking Steve McMichael, I'm taking Dan Hampton, and I'm taking the fridge over to great John Hanna. Cause I know how that one turned out. He's as great as you said, as everybody said, but not that day. That's right. Happy anniversary, Lorenzo Charles. This is posthumous, but on this day 40 years ago, the NC State forward grabbed Derek Wittenberg's last second shot and dunked it to win the national championship over five slammer jamma Houston, the prohibitive favorites. This led to probably the most famous coach celebration ever, Jim Valvano running around and around looking for somebody to hug. The NC State team was Charles, Kozell McQueen, and three DC area players. Wittenberg, Sidney Lowe, and Thurl Bailey. First off the bench was Terry Gannon, now a successful sportscaster on NBC and the Golf Channel. That game, Tony, was in a succession of games that were just insane, particularly the endings. Michael Jordan's jump shot the year before in 82 down in the Superdome. A couple of years later, of course, Villanova against Georgetown. Just a string of games in the Final Four and the championship game itself where you go, my goodness, how, how great is this event? I think those games, including that one, made March Madness what it is. Happy trails, Anthony Rendon. The Angels' third baseman sat last night, the first game of his four-game suspension for reaching into the stands on opening day in Oakland to grab a fan who allegedly heckled him. Rendon took a swipe at him. You can't do that. And Rendon later admitted, quote, my emotions got the best of me. We spoke on the phone. We both apologized for what had happened. I can't be mad, right? I'm a fan of other sports. I like heckling too, unquote. Rendon has been injury plagued since signing a seven-year, $245 million free agent deal with the Angels, playing only 105 games out of a possible 324. Meanwhile, the Angels are now 3-1, and and Shohei Otani hit a 431-foot bomb last night. Well, didn't he and Trout just go back-to-back on successive pitches, I think, as well? Look, they've gotten off to a fairly decent start, Tony. But let's face it, you're sitting there going, all right, when do the Angels fall apart? Is it coming? How soon? I hope it doesn't. I mean, I want to see him and Trout get to something. I'd like to see that. Let's go to the big finish. The Ravens have reportedly offered a deal to Odell Beckham Jr. What does that tell you? Nothing. I mean, we can stop talking about the quarterback for a day, maybe. Nah, nah, we won't. Pro Football Talk reports Bill Belichick has shot uh, his quarterback, Mac Jones, 
to other teams, does that surprise you? Very much so. I mean, if Matt Jones took a step back last year, it's maybe because a defensive guy was calling all the offensive plays. I'm surprised by that. Steph Curry told Bleacher Report he would vote for Joel Embiid for MVP. Your thoughts? Tony, I voted for him last year. I don't think I'm going to vote for him this year. I think I'm going Giannis. But I'm not going to argue against Embiid or Joker or Giannis. There's, there's no point of that. They're all great players. Will the Phillies, defending National League champs, fall to 0-5 tonight? hope so. I hope they go 0-162. That's just me. Last one, will the Lakers win their fourth in a row tonight? Yeah, they're at Utah. The Lakers are on something of a roll, and they look to be a threat. Anthony Davis, wow, he's been great now for a sustained period. They win. Lakers win. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. Happy Passover and Happy Easter, everybody. I'm Mike Wilbon. We are off until Monday for Masters coverage. So enjoy your week, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's SportsCenter. Let's go to the range and hit some golf. PTI.